You're tuning in to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM. And we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, each weekday at 9 a.m. And for those listening in Tasmania, you can catch us again at 4.30 p.m. as well. And you can also catch us through the Faith FM app or the Faith FM website where you can um, listen to the previous episodes that we've done. Um, today we have Rako joining us from Bernie and um, Rako will be continuing with this series titled um, 3MJ where the 3M stand for movement, message and mission and J standing for Jesus. Welcome Rako, how are you? Good morning Tabitha, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. And yourself? I'm good too, Rako. How's your week been so far? Yeah, it's been good. Um, had a good week and... We had a minister's meeting on Monday, and that was good to catch up with the other pastors in the state as well. Oh, yeah. It's always a good time to catch up with um, people doing the same, um, a common um, kind of um, goal. Yep. Because, um, yeah, it's good to exchange ideas and um, also um, share experiences with one another. Um, yeah, I also had a good week, and, um, yeah, I'm grateful. Um, so, Reiko, I have a question for you. I believe that um, most people like have some sort of anxiety or trepidation when it comes to when you talk about death. Um, what is it about the end of this life that um, scares you the most? You know, we we just touched on this before we went on uh, live radio hmm. on on people being afraid about death and. I was thinking about it, it's not so much that I'm afraid of death, mm. um, and I've heard people say this, it's more how they're going to die, mm. uh, that I've heard. And there was a Bible verse uh, that came to my mind um, before the show, when you, when you said, well, what should we mention in the beginning? And it's a Bible verse in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, where it says, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Mm. The soul is the life, the mind. But rather fear him, and it's talking about God, who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Or that word for girl, hell there, is not this everlasting fire that's burning. In the Greek, it's Gehenna. It's a place of burning mm. where you eventually burn up. And... Some people are worried, oh, I'm going to die. And the devil has his agents, and you might be persecuted, and you lose your life. Mm -hmm. But don't fear, because he cannot destroy your life completely, because there's also hope of a resurrection. Mm. And so only God can destroy the body, the physical body, and life itself. And that's known as the second death in the Bible. So I've heard over the years, people are not so much afraid sometimes to die, but how they die. Mm. Uh, um, whether they're going to be shot or thrown down or tortured. Um, and this is where we put our trust in the Lord. Uh, and that doesn't mean um, everyone who's trusted in the Lord hasn't lost their life, because clearly during the Dark Ages and Middle Ages, people have lost their life for the cause of God. Mm. Uh, and the book of Revelation even talks about how there is this Antichrist power and that there will be people that will be beheaded. 
just like John the Baptist, he was beheaded, but he was faithful to the Lord, and I believe he will be in the resurrection of life. There's two resurrections, the resurrection of life, the resurrection of condemnation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see there's two different deaths. Mm-hmm. The first death is where you die in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And there's hope of a resurrection. The second death is where you will resurrect. It's a resurrection of condemnation. This is at the end of the millennium. You'll be cast into the lake of fire, and then there will be total annihilation. But you know, the good news is that Jesus has the keys of the grave mm-hmm. and of death. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, you know, will not perish. And uh, as long as we have our faith in God, no matter what comes our way, just keep on trusting in God. Mm. Indeed. And um, just to remind our listeners, uh, before I add on to what you said, um, our show number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. And um, briefly, like what I can say is that I'm, I can say I'm scared of like a few things. I'm just imagining if like I'll die when I'm as a parent, I'll be scared of leaving my children behind, you know, and um, mm. I'll also be scared of how my loved ones will um, cope with my death. Um, I also wonder how I will die. Will I see it coming? I don't know. People say you it's sort of like update when you're about to die. Um, your life flashes through your face or something, or like you, you have that feeling that you're going to die. I wonder, like, is it, will I know? Will I... I don't know. And anyway, most importantly, or like the major um, thing that scares me is if like I'll be ready for the kingdom of God because I'll be scared um, to miss out um, getting, being able to go um, to heaven. And I, so I encourage our listeners to text us what scares you the most about death? Like, um, yeah, what, what, um, yeah, this death we, we, most people are scared of death, but what, what is it about the end of life that scares you the most? Um, text us your answers to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um, Rako, did you want to give a brief recap of last week's um, um, sharing before we get on today to today's? Last week we looked at the parable of the sheep and the goats mm. and we talked about the sin of omission and the sin of commission. Uh, commission is what you're committing. You're committing the sin. Omission is when you're supposed to be doing something which is good but you don't do it and uh, you're omitting that. And the whole parable of the sheep and the goats, we see how the sheep, they are serving, they are helping, they are helping others mentally, and they're helping people mentally and physically and socially and spiritually. That's what we covered last week. And today, we're going to be entering into a new chapter. Uh, It's Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to be looking at the first five Bible verses. This is also a parallel passage with Mark 14, verse 1 and 2, and Luke 22, uh, verses 1 to 6. Mm -hmm. And uh, this episode is entitled, uh, Plotting to Kill Jesus. And Tabitha, before we continue, can you please pray for us? Sure. Um, Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. Um, we pray that as we are going to hear your word, that you may help us to listen and um, act upon it. And I pray for your blessings upon Rako as you're going to speak um, your message, that you may bless him and may he speak. May you speak through him. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Tabitha. 
We're going to be looking at Matthew 26, verses 1 to 5. I want to take it slow. Uh, it's important to reflect, to meditate. And I'm going to try and paint a picture and uh, a story today. Mm-hmm. So we've had a very long stretch of Matthew 24 and 25, and this is a new chapter. Mm-hmm. And can you please read Matthew 26 and verse 1? Um, the, uh, the title is A Plot to Kill Jesus. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these things that he said to his disciples, you know that the, that after two days is the Passover and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then Stop the t- there, please. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You know, everyone's different. Sometimes people like to read the whole passage, see the big picture, and then zoom in. Yeah. This time I like to zoom in verse by verse and then see the bigger picture. And it says here in Matthew 26, verse 1, After these things it came to pass. Well, what things? Well, the it parable of the sheep and the yeah. goats. Yeah, what Jesus had said previous to this. And... My question is this, what's the time frame Mm -hmm. when Jesus began sharing this? We know that previous to this, there were things that took place on Tuesday. And I remember I shared this, I think I shared this, when I talked about the parable of the ten virgins. In the book Christ's Object Lessons, it talks about how Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives with his disciples, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, and It doesn't tell us how far, but I could suspect in the not too far uh, distance, uh, there was a house that was lighted up. Mm. And it was in the, the sun had already set, and it's evening time, and the house was prepared for wedding festivities. And Jesus used that to talk about the illustration of the ten virgins and teach a spiritual lesson to his disciples. So keep this in mind. You have Tuesday, but then the sun had set. And when the sun sets, biblically, what is the next day? Huh? Well, how does a day begin in the Bible? Does it begin at midnight? Uh, Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise, how it begins is sunrise. Well, when we look at Genesis chapter 1, you have uh, evening and morning, day 1. It's sunset, actually. Yeah, it's sunset. Mm. So when the sun sets... That's when it begins. So, for example, uh, I have to double check now. It's past 8 o'clock when the sun set yesterday. And that is when Wednesday began Mm. or begins. And what you would have is this would have been evening time, night time. For us, it's like Tuesday night, but it's already Wednesday. And it says here, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings that he said to his disciples, You know, after two days. Mm. And you need to think like a Jew now. It's not two days that are 24 hours each full. Mm. Because with the Jewish thinking, if something happened partially or on part, or even for one second on that day, it was considered as a full day. Mm. For example, on the eighth day, you would have uh, male babies, they would be circumcised. Mm -hmm. And so that would be seen, even though that could take a part of the day, it's seen as a full day. Mm. And here it says, after two days is the Passover. So, biblically, Mm -hmm. this is already, when Jesus spoke this, it's Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And then you have Wednesday, and then Thursday, so two days pass away, pass, and then you have Friday, and then Friday is the Passover. Mm. 
Jesus here is giving a little prophecy. Do we still have time to continue? I don't think so. Okay. We'll continue in the next section. Um, let's listen to this song, The Old Rugged Cross by Paul Brent. On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross The emblem of suffering and shame And I love that old cross Where the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was slain So I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my truth and last I lay down I will claim to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 
That was the old rugged cross by Paul Brandt. And you're listening to Taz Encounters with Draco Chellet. And Draco is talking about the plot to kill Jesus. And before we continue, we encourage our listeners to text us, um, their, send their responses on this question. What is it about the end of this life that scares you the most? And we've received um, some responses. We've received a response from Stephen t- t- from Freikos. Thank you, Freiko, for texting in. Um, Freiko is saying, what scares me is this world and the sinful direction it's going. As soon as we did, I believe you meant as soon as we die, we wake up to Jesus Christ, our loving, saving grace. Amen. And uh, thank you, Stephen. Um, thank you, Freiko, for texting in. Um, we also encourage other listeners to text in. Um, Raku, we also, um, just like to inca- um, inform our listeners, we have a free offer, uh, which is the book, This Watched Him Die by Leslie Harding. And we'll give you more information later on. Um, Raku, we read uh, two verses in uh, Matthew 26. Um, should we continue or what's, um, where are we going to next? Yeah, I just want to make a few more comments on verse 2 of Matthew 26. Jesus had prophesied uh, that the Son of Man will be delivered. Mm. And that word delivered in the original language can also mean that he will be betrayed or put in prison or delivered up. And we know that Jesus was later betrayed. Mm. Out of the five verses we're looking here in Matthew 26, this is the only verse, verse 2, that is in red the words of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And early in Jesus' ministry, Jesus had already prophesied that he was going to be crucified and that he's going to die. And I want to read a few Bible verses. For example, in John chapter 2, verse 19 to 21, it says, Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy the temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, It has taken 46 years to build the temple, and will you raise it up? In three days, but he was speaking of the temple of his body. And then again in Matthew 16, verse 21, from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Notice he's saying that he's going to be killed. Mm. And we know that Jesus was killed. Mm. He was. Um, it was it was vicious. In Matthew 17, verse 22 and 23, it says pretty much the same thing. Now, while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And the third day he will be raised up, and they were exceedingly sorrowful. I'm reading this because Jesus is sharing these things with the disciples. He's, he's sharing these things here in Matthew 26, and they still don't understand all of these things. Mm. So you have John 2, you have Matthew 16, you have Matthew 17, Matthew chapter 20, it says, Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed. And he even says to whom specifically? To the chief priests and to the scribes. And they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. So even though Jesus will die, there is still hope about this resurrection. But the disciples didn't understand all of these things. There are still other parallel passages which I'm not going to read in Mark 8, Mark 9, Mark 10, Luke 9, and Luke 18. And there's about 
oh, probably five or six examples prior to Matthew 26 that Jesus is saying, I'm going to be killed. Mm. I'm going to be killed. Mm. And uh, about just over 500 years before Jesus Christ came to this world, there's a messianic prophecy in Daniel 9 verse 26 where it talks about the 70 weeks prophecy and it says after 62 weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off but not for himself. I don't have time to get into that prophecy. Mm-hmm. There was nothing as a surprise or a haphazard about the timing of Jesus' death. He knew that he, it would have to happen. And even in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, Peter is preaching that day and he's preaching to Jews and he says this, Acts 2 chapter chapter 2 verse 22 and 23, Men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves also know him. And then it says it's being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. There was a set time when Jesus would die. And so Jesus here in Matthew 26 verse 2, he gives a specific day. He says it's going to happen on the Passover and this shows that Jesus is omniscient. He knows everything and he's also sovereign. He has this supreme power and authority. And yet, even though he knows Tabitha, does he escape? No. Now, you asked a question about, you know, what makes you scared. Some mm. people are are afraid of death, and I'm sure that people would want to escape death. Mm. Um, if you knew that uh, th- there's, a, there's a firing line where you need to cross, I'm sure you would try to resist that mm. and avoid that. But Jesus never, he didn't dare to escape. He went forward with his mission, and he was heading towards the painful fate. Matthew 26 and verse 3, can you please read that for us now? Um, Then the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas. Should I continue? (laughs) Let's pause there. How many different characters are you seeing here, or groups of people? We have the chief priests, that's one. We have the scribes, two. And then we have the elders, three. And then we have high priest, four. Four, okay. Who was the high priest according to this passage of scripture? Um, Caiaphas. Caiaphas. There was also another high priest too that was retired and his name was Annas. Mm. Question, where did they all meet? They met at the palace of the high priest. Right. Mm. The palace here is the court or the hall or the palace. They did not meet in the temple. And from what we gather, this could have taken place on the uh, biblically, which is Wednesday, which would be our understanding as Tuesday evening or Tuesday night, according to our modern day of reckoning of the day. Mm -hmm. Or it would have been happening Wednesday during the daytime. Mm -hmm. They came together. They assembled together. The chief priests, these were usually the Sadducees. The scribes were usually the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to give you some background information. Mm-hmm. I did mention another priest by the name of Annas. And Annas is mentioned in John chapter 18. When Jesus was first arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, they first took him to Annas. And the question is, who was Annas? Well, he was in retirement, but he was still considered as a high priest. He was the father-in-law of Caiaphas. Mm. Annas, he was appointed high priest historically, we are told about AD 6 or AD 7, by the Roman governor Quirinius. 
But then he was deposed about uh, A.D. 14 or 15 by a man by the name of Valerius Gracious, who preceded uh, Pilate as uh, procurator of Judea. Mm. Annas was deposed by the Romans, but still he was popularly honored as the high priest in the time of Jesus' ministry. What's also interesting is that Annas had five sons, and each of them became a high priest, and also his son-in-law, Caiaphas. And according to scripture, when you became the high priest, you would serve for life. But the Roman government did not allow this. They took this away. Remember, you had the Jews, they were under the Roman rule. And apparently the high priest retained that he retained the title very much like in the culture of America, even though you've had President Obama, when he retires and he's no longer officially in office, they still refer to him as what? President. Okay, mm. that is just a culture. And so you retain uh, the title for life. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm sharing all of this because this is painting a background of understanding. And the office was held by members of Annas's family and uh, for some 50 years after he even was deposed. I want to read something from Desire of Ages, mm-hmm. page 698. This is Caiaphas's father-in-law. Okay, Still, people would rather go to his father-in-law rather than to Caiaphas. Mm. Okay? Of course, Caiaphas was younger, inexperienced high priest. Annas was seen older. And notice what Desire of Ages, page 698 says. Annas was the head of the officiating priestly family. And in difference to his age, he was recognized by the people as high priest. His counsel was sought and carried out as the voice of God. Mm. Isn't that scary? Mm. When there's a man and it's like when he speaks, it's as though it is the voice of God. Mm. You know, this reminds me of elements of the, 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 the church during the Middle Ages and the Dark Ages. Caiaphas... Uh, he was the son-in-law. And even though he was officially the high priest during this time, people would go rather to Annas. And uh, you know what's interesting? At Caiaphas, he came to be high priest around A.D. 18, A.D. 19. And then it was around A.D. 35, and I read some other source around A.D. 37, that he was no longer the high priest. And Josephus tells us, this is after uh, the death of Jesus Christ, Josephus tells us that Caiaphas committed suicide eventually. So that's a bit of a background. And so when we come back, Mm -hmm. we'll we'll, we'll look at verse... um, three again and four and five okay and um, before we go for a break I, i'd like to share um some response that we've received from one of our listeners michael he said tabitha you can't miss going to heaven if you believe in jesus your salvation is secure in him and he also said jesus came to destroy the works of the devil to defeat him who had the power of death death is defeated in christ we are raised with him Ready, and he's also said, "Perfect love cast out all fear." And thanks, Michael, for texting that and for that reminder. Um, yeah, sometimes we feel like we're not worthy of God's kingdom, but we it's we should constantly remind ourselves that um Jesus loves us, and we should always um go to Him when we need Him. Um, this next song is "To the End" by Luke and Salma Wilkay. Thank you. 
minds talk of disasters all around But his words is don't be afraid Remember he that endured to the end will be saved His To the end by Luke and Sam Luke and Salma Wilke and you're listening to Taz Encounters with Rako Chellet and Rako is talking about um the plot to kill Jesus. Rako in the previous section I read verse uh, Matthew twenty six verse three but um the verse was not a complete sentence. Um did you want me to read three and four? Yes, Together? let's read the context. Yes, thank you. Um then the 
verse 3 says, um, Then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest, who, who was called Caiaphas, and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill him. Thank you. So we see there's the elders, there's the scribes, the chief priests, Caiaphas. Why do they come together? They were plotting to kill Jesus. And they were plotting. How were they plotting? Trick. They were going to use a trick. A trick. They're yeah. going to use trickery. And what was the ultimate goal? Um, to kill him. I believe they were going to use a trick because they couldn't find something against Jesus. So they had to sort of make it up. Right. And this word plot in other translations like the King James Version, it uses the word consult. Mm. Uh, they came together, uh, they plotted, they consulted. And the word trickery in the original language could mean to trick, abate or craft, deceit, guile. Or also in the King James Version and in the Greek, it can also be translated as subtlety. And uh, from memory, I remember when I think of the word bait, I think of fishing. And usually back in the time of Jesus, they would go fishing at nighttime. You know why? Because the fish is not able to see the net really well. You know, it's dark in the water. Um, And that's what I've been told. So we see that the ultimate goal here that this little group came here, they consulted, they gathered, was to kill Jesus. They were not tr- they were not trying Jesus for justice. It's cold-blooded murder. Mm. Did they have any interest to see whether Jesus was guilty or innocent? Clearly they didn't. No, they didn't. All they wanted to do was to find an excuse to kill and murder Jesus. And we are talking here about religious or spiritual leaders that wanted to kill Jesus. This is really tragic. Because mm. these people were supposed to lead people to God, mm. and yet they are plotting against uh, the Son of God, God Himself. Let me give you three reasons from the Bible why these religious leaders wanted to kill Jesus. This is You see this during the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. The first one is, they were envious. Mm. The religious leaders were envious of Jesus, meaning they wanted something that somebody else has. And when Jesus would preach, there would be these huge crowds. Mm-hmm. Followers. Jesus there would be followers. followers yeah. yeah. And he would do miracles. People flocked to see this amazing man of God, and they were envious because they weren't really having those followers themselves. Mm. Then, second of all, they were wanting to kill him because Jesus destroyed their business. Let me explain. In the beginning of Jesus' ministry, Jesus cleansed the temple. Mm. And then a few days earlier, prior to Matthew 26, at the end of Jesus' ministry, you read in Matthew 21, on the Monday, Jesus' final week of ministry, Jesus cleansed the temple. Well, what was happening in the temple? People were buying, people were selling, and you had these Jewish religious leaders, they were making money and they were extorting others. In the temple, there was this deceitful business that was being conducted. And so Jesus, he comes along, he cleansed the temple, and he spoiled or destroyed their business. Now they are angry because their own source of dirty money was stopped by Jesus, and they can't wait to kill him. And there's a third reason... Uh, why they wanted to kill him is because um, there's, there's, there's fear. Mm. And remember, I mentioned this earlier, the Jews were living under the Roman 
government at the time. And the Roman government would maybe suspect that the Jewish nation is staging an uprising or a riot or a revolt and might just eliminate the Jewish people. And the religious leaders thought, ah, it's better for Jesus to die than our whole nation. Hmm. And this is what the Bible says in John 11, verse 49 and 50. And one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not the whole nation should perish. So the three reasons why the Jews wanted to kill Jesus, these religious leaders, is because of they were envious, they destroyed their business earlier in the temple and feared the people. And with all of these Reasons the Jews justified it that they should get rid of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I also want to notice here, there are three points here. Mm-hmm. Number one, uh, this is based on verse 3 and 4 of Matthew 26. Number one, there's a gathering. Mm-hmm. They assemble together. And this is a gathering of leaders, religious leaders. This is a committee. We can say that this is like an ecumenical gathering. The word ecumenical, and people use this today, it, is, it means this according to the Oxford Advanced Learners Dictionary, involving or uniting members of different branches of the Christian church. Mm. You need to keep in mind the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they had differences in theology, but now they've come together. It's like ecumenism. Mm. And you can have good and bad unity. This is bad unity mm-hmm. uh, because they have this common enemy, Jesus Um, and they want to kill him. The Pharisees, on one hand, are extreme and conservative, and the Sadducees, on the other hand, are liberal. So, number one, there's a gathering. Number two, there's a plot. They Or that word can be translated as they come to consult, to determine. So, in other words, there's a strategy. And how do they do this? It comes underneath this point, they do it through trickery or subtlety. So there was this strategy. And number three, they have to execute the plan. And this is to execute the strategy, and this is to kill, which is death. So three steps. Number one, there's a gathering or an an assembly. Number two, there's a plot uh, or consultation, a strategy. And number three, to execute the plan. And the plan is to kill the enemy. And you know, when I talk like this, you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of like a military operation. Mm. Even prior to Matthew 26, right there in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus came to Nazareth where he was brought up. And it was his custom to go to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stands up and he reads from the scroll of Isaiah. He reads Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. He reads a messianic prophecy, and he said to the people, Now this has been fulfilled in your hearing today. Hmm. And uh, the people there marveled and said, Ah, oh, assuredly, which means verily or truly. And he, and he continues, uh, this is Jesus. He says to them, a prophet is not accepted in his own country. He then talks to them and he mentions Elijah the prophet and the great famine. He talks to them about the widow at Zarpath. He mentions Elijah in conjunction with the story of Naaman that was healed from leprosy. What was the reaction of the people? They were filled with wrath. Mm. And they wanted, they rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill on which the city was built. that they might throw him down the cliff. But supernaturally, Jesus then passed through the midst of them and he went his way. Mm. And so here we see 
God's sovereignty at work because you cannot just pass through an angry crowd or suddenly hide yourself in the midst of one. Jesus could not be killed prior to God's predetermined time. Mm. Um, In in another story, I don't even have time to go through this, Mm. but Jesus... He healed a man on the Sabbath that had a withered hand. And the Pharisees, the Bible says in Matthew 12, verse 14, the, then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him. See, there's a gathering, and then there is this plot. Uh, they consulted, and step number three is they also executed. They wanted to kill Jesus. In Mark chapter 3, verse 6, in the same story, it adds, then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him. Who were the Herodians? They were Jews that were supporting um they were a Jewish political party. They were in support of Rome. And in John 5, you read how they wanted to kill Jesus. And in John 11, there was a plot again. There was a gathering of the Pharisees and Sadducees, uh, gathering a plot and also an execution of the plan to, to kill Jesus Christ. Jesus could not be killed prior to God's predetermined time. Mm. And I'm sure that these religious leaders were quite optimistic this time because mm. they failed in the past mm. with all their attempts. And now they're thinking, finally, we are going to get him. Mm. Uh, Rako will continue to share more after the break. And um, before we listen to our song, we just want to give some information ab- about our book offer for today, which is... Um, titled This Watched Him Die and it's by Leslie Harding. Um, they were there that day, the Roman soldiers, the religious leaders, the disciples, the two thieves and the crowds who had flocked to Jerusalem for Passover. They witnessed his execution but each had come to the cross for different reasons. Some came full of hatred, some were impassive and, but others watched in agony. You watched, you were there that day too. And within these pages of this book um, are the histories of those who watched him die. And somewhere in these pages is your story. We'll give you the code um, to claim this book after the break. But for now, we're going to listen to this song, Loving My Jesus by Casting Crowns. I was Traveling a well-worn road A sinner so far from home No second chance inside I heard you call my name I felt you lift my shame And I made a vow that day That I'd spend the rest Loving my Jesus, showing my scars, telling my story of how mercy could reach you where you are. And I pray the whole world hears the cry of my heart is to see all the ones. tries to make you hide whispers that same old lie keep all your pain inside cause no one will love 
last thing this lost world needs is someone I'm trying to be. The truth that has set me free is that I'm just a broken man. Loving my made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. That was Loving My Jesus by Kirsten Crowns. And you're listening to Taz Encounters with Draco Chalet. And uh, before we went for break, I promised to give you the code to claim today's offer, which is the book This Watched Him Die by Leslie Harding. And uh, the code is 3MJ10, 3MJ <coughs> number 10, no space in between, text that to 048880. Eight nine one um zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one and the code is three MJ ten um Rako I believe we are in the last section of today's program um how would you like to finish off? Can you please read Matthew twenty six and verse five? Sure um but they said not during the feast lest there be an uproar among the people. When it says here they said who is it talking about? Um, they, all these people had gathered, gathered um, to plot to kill Jesus, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders and high priests. That's right. And they said not to kill him because that was what they really ultimately wanted. And they said not to kill him when? 
during the feast of the Passover. During the feast of the Passover. Mm. But the question is, did Jesus die on the Passover? After. Did he die after or did he die on the Passover? Because they said they don't want these things to happen during the Passover. So mm. <laughs> rem- remember the Passover occurred two Friday. days after mm. uh, two days after Jesus sh- shared this and it took place on the Friday, right? And that's when Jesus died. So Jesus did die on the Friday. Mm. He did die on the Passover. But they didn't want him to die on the Passover. And now the question is, well, what happened? Why did this happen? Now, let's just talk about first, they didn't want this to happen on the Passover. You need to understand that the Passover occurring there in Jerusalem, it was the Roman Empire, people from different parts of the Roman Empire, they would make their pilgrimage and they would come to celebrate the Passover to Jerusalem. And... uh, These religious leaders, they didn't want to kill anyone during this time. Let's do it afterwards. Mm. But something happened. Something accelerated and speeded up the process. And I'm sure that even these religious leaders were surprised by it. Mm. And what was it that happened? Well, later on in the same chapter, we read in Matthew 26 and verse 14, it says, Then one of the twelve... That means one of the twelve disciples called Judas Iscariot went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? Mm. And they counted out to him thirty pieces of silver. So from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Mm. You know that the Bible elsewhere tells us that Satan had entered into Judas. Mm-hmm. And it was Judas who contributed to the process in speeding up the process for the death of Jesus Christ. Judas accelerated the process. When Judas appears um, to the religious leaders, it accelerates the timetable. The original plan was to wait for the thousands of pilgrims to leave the city of Jerusalem after the feast and then to manipulate the Roman authorities to hand down the execution. The Passover time was not a good time to kill people. For the Jew, the Passover, uh, you know, as one person said, it was like a combination of Christmas and Easter and your birthday all rolled out into one. This was a time of joy, a time of celebration. It was a time for not killing people, but killing lambs. And Josephus, the Jewish historian, he tells us that about 250,000 plus lambs would be slain during the time of the Passover in Jerusalem. And that's wild to me. You know, when I read this, things are going to be, things are, uh, were accelerated. It makes me think of, as a way of application in the book of Revelation, where there will also be this ecumenism, where different faiths will come together as well, and uh, there will be religious persecution uh, against God's people. But it also makes me think of a quote I've read in, in a book called Testimonies for the Church, Volume 9, page 11. It says this, The agencies of evil are combining their forces and consolidating. They are strengthening for the last great crisis. Great changes are soon to take place in our world, and the final movements will be rapid ones. Things are going to accelerate. And we're going to go, whoa, how did this all happen? So what we see here in Matthew 26, we see also later on down the track. Now, there were three points I mentioned 
There was number one, the gathering or the assembly of the leaders or rulers. Number two, there's a plot or there was consultation, a strategy uh, to be done through trickery and subtlety. And number three, to execute. You know, Tabitha, we don't even have time. I really wanted to go through this. But you see this same thing happening with the story of the Garden of Eden. Mm. Um, in a book called Truth About Angels, it mentions there how Satan uh, informed the fallen angels of his plans. How he, and he consulted with the fallen angels in how to, how to deal with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. We see in Genesis 3 verse 1, it mentions their cunning. The serpent was cunning. Uh, this is trickery and plotting and all these things. And then you see the execution, really what Satan wanted to do with Adam and Eve. He wanted them to, the ultimate uh, goal was for them to die, to, 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 to have death. And then when we go to other stories like Genesis chapter 37, you have the story of Joseph. And Joseph, his brothers didn't like him. And they saw him in the distance. They plotted. The Bible even uses the word they plotted. Um, and then they wanted to kill him. But Reuben interjected. The older brother said, no, let's not kill him. Uh, and they sold him to the Ishmaelites. In Daniel chapter 6, with the story of the lions, then prior to that, you see the satraps or the princes of Medo Persia. They gathered together, they plotted, and they wanted to execute their plan. And really, they wanted, they did so much effort to kill one faithful man. Hmm. In Acts chapter 20, you read about Paul having challenges, how the Jews plotted against him, but he never gives up the ministry. Mm. He continues the ministry. And this is teaching me that sometimes people want to do something to us and we want to give up. No, keep on going. Uh, Saul plotted evil against David, the Bible says. Haman in the book of Esther plotted against the Jews to annihilate them. It actually uses that word plotted in Esther chapter 9 verse 24. The Jews plotted to kill Paul in Acts chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus shares three parables in a row that you find in Matthew chapter 21, 22. And then uh, you have the Pharisees. After he shares these three parables, it was related to him. They, The Bible says how they came together and uh, they wanted to... Uh, they plotted of how they might entangle Jesus in his talk, and they questioned him about paying taxes to Caesar. Mm. So there are so many things that I could keep on going and sharing, but I want to mention this. There was a challenge to build the wall of um, wall there in the time of Nehemiah, and Nehemiah verse four, uh, chapter four, verse fifteen says, "And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us, and that God had brought their plot to nothing." that all of us returned to the wall and everyone uh, to his work. So God can overrule any man-made plot. Let us not fear. Yes, there are things happening behind closed doors. Evil plots are being planned to discredit Jesus Christ, Christians, and Christianity. Sometimes that opposition is private. Sometimes that opposition is public. And we ought to be praying for wisdom in a moment if we have to encounter such things. Let us not be naive. There are forces of evil. Um, and, and, and there are things that the, the devil, you know, he, he does set up his agents. But let us not fear. We have Jesus. And he can protect mm. us just like Daniel was protected in the lion's den. Mm. Amen. Um, thank you, Raku, for that powerful sharing. I really pray that we've all been blessed with your message. And what do you have for us next week, Raku? 
Uh, I don't have the specific title, but we're going to be looking at Jesus and the Lord's Supper and about foot washing. We're going to be looking at those themes there. Okay, so join Draco and I next week for um, to learn more of what he has to share. And tomorrow we have Peter. Um, Peter will be continuing with the series, Searching for Certainty, and he'll be talking about what the Bible says about money. Uh, a lot have been said about money. Money is the root of all evil and all that. So join Peter um, to know what the Bible says about money. And just remind our listeners the code to claim today's offer, which is the book This Watch Team Die by Leslie Harding is 3MJ10. Um, text 3MJ10 to get that offer um, to 048-880-891. We only have five copies, so we'll the first five people to text will be lucky to get that book. Wherever you are, thank you for joining us and enjoy the rest of your day. God bless you.